0: Listeners and welcome to the True Crime Weekly podcast, a podcast that is based in San Diego and hosted by me, Alina Trujillo, and my producer Jose Fernandez. This is a podcast where I will be bringing you stories of murders, infamous cases, and unsolved mysteries. On August twenty third, nineteen eighty two, a twenty one year old Grinnell College student departed Evanston, Illinois, to return to school in Grinnell, Iowa, where she planned to arrive that evening. Later that day, an Illinois state trooper found a 1985 Pontiac T-1000 with New Jersey license plates and ticketed as an abandoned vehicle. This is the story of Tammy Zewicki. Tammy Joe Zewicki was born on March 13, 1971 in Pleasant Hill, Pennsylvania. And Tammy grew up in Grinsville, South Carolina, with two older brothers and a younger brother. Tammy was a soccer whiz in high school, and she decided to keep playing the sport in Grinnell College in Grinnell, Iowa, where she was an art and history major. And after Tammy graduated high school, her parents relocated to Marlton, New Jersey, but... Tammy had found her place at Grinnell, a small private liberal arts school, and Tammy was 5'2", about 120 pounds, and started as a soccer fullback. Off the field, she spent plenty of time behind a camera snapping photos for the school yearbook, and Tammy's love for photography developed soon after taking a junior high photography course. And after high school, Tammy was a determined and focused student at Grinnell College. She was active on campus as an accomplished soccer player and a photographer for the student newspaper. Tammy had spent much of the summer of 92 abroad in Madrid studying for her bachelor's degree in Spanish.
1: Wow, how cool is that? I Something I always would have loved to do.
0: That would have been awesome, right? Oh, yeah. And according to her mother, Joanne Sawicki, Tammy was excited to return to Grinnell for her senior year in August of 92. And as summer of 92 came to a close, Tammy got ready to return to Grinnell. And on August 23, 1992, Tammy decided to leave her parents home in Marlton, New Jersey, where she had been visiting her family to head back to school as she wanted to get back to Grinnell so that she could have time to take photos of athletes for the school yearbook. In a route to Grinnell College, Tammy dropped off her younger brother at Northwestern University in Evison, Illinois, before heading on her way. That evening, Tammy's parents, Joanne and Hank Zewiki, expected a call from her, which didn't come. Oh, no. Yeah. They became worried the next morning when they still had not heard from their daughter. And Tammy's mother, Joanne, called Tammy's roommate, which was also a friend of hers, to see if she had heard anything from Tammy. But... No one had heard from her. And on August 24, 1992, after speaking with Tammy's friend, Joanne contacted Illinois State Police to inform them that their daughter, Tammy, was missing. After giving a description of Tammy and the car that she was driving, police informed Joanne that an Illinois State Trooper had found what they believed to be an abandoned car at around 5 p.m. the day prior.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. Well, another day has passed.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And this was the same make and model as Tammy's car. So the car had been parked along I-80 in LaSalle County and was towed from the scene. The family and the police jumped into action with groups of people at both Grinnell and Northwestern conducting searches for Tammy. And Joanne and her husband, Hank, pleaded for their daughter's safety on both local and national television. So close friends took turns driving through Iowa, Illinois, and Missouri, handing out flyers and speaking with truckers, asking if anyone could shed light on Tammy's whereabouts. And you know what, Jose? I'll tell you what her younger brother recalled after he got dropped off by Tammy after this commercial break. That was fantastic jose you want to know what i just did what'd you do i just tried i opened up and you don't get any i opened up the new wine that i received from wine of the month club so do you jose want to treat yourself or someone special to great wine month after month i would love to well now you can with wine of the month club With Wine of the Month Club, you get three different bottles of rare international wine every month. You get to choose from all red, all white, or mixed. You can also choose to do a package every two months or three months, if that's a better option for you. And every package ships with their monthly newsletter covering your selections and our listener favorites. Fun facts!
1: We are a proud affiliate, which means if you go to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com, forward slash support the show and click on the wine of the club month link and sign up we will earn a commission
0: you can support the show and get wine delivered to your door by using promo code holiday 15 to get 15 dollars off any four month club or you can use promo code holiday 20 for 20 dollars off any six months club which sounds like a win-win to me you get to stay home during this covid19 pandemic quarantine by yourself And your wines.
1: And they ship free. Wow.
0: Hey, Jose. So you know that during this pandemic, it could even be scary to go to the grocery store sometimes?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, you can save yourself that trip using Instacart instacart delivers groceries in as fast as one hour instacart highlights deals to help you save money they find everything you usually buy you can get smart suggestions for new items they even pick the freshest produce and they keep your eggs safe too
1: we are a proud affiliate of instacart so head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show and click their link
0: okay so remember tammy was visiting back home and when tammy was leaving to go back to school Her younger brother decided to hitch a ride with her, okay? Right. So, Tammy's brother later recalled that Tammy's car repeatedly overheated during their trip from New Jersey. Oh, no. Yeah. So, Tammy was last spotted at the side of Interstate 80 near LaSalle in central Illinois. She was standing beside her car and several witnesses said that there was a truck parked behind her. Okay, so the witness also recalled that they saw a man who appeared to be offering Tammy assistance with her car troubles. The man was described as being a white man of around 30 to 45 years old. He stood about six feet tall and had dark bushy collar length hair. The truck was described as white with two brown diagonal stripes down the side. Okay, So Tammy's white Pontiac T-1000 was found abandoned alongside westbound Interstate 80 near Utica. And witnesses later reported seeing the car's hood up between 3.10 and 4 p.m. Okay. With Mm -hmm. a blonde young woman, presumably Tammy, hunched over the engine. You know, like how you would if you're, you know, if your car stalled and you're trying to figure out you know yeah, what's wrong absolutely. with
1: it so naturally somebody's gonna likely pull over and try to help her out so right it's not out of the ordinary right
0: yes okay so at her side was a trucker his semi-tractor trailed parked behind the car so to passersby, it looked as if he was trying to give her a helping hand with engine trouble but the car was found locked with the hood closed the car contained tammy's packed bags and her other belongings, okay? But Tammy, her car keys, and her purse were nowhere to be found. Oh, man. And according to the FBI, several items were also missing from Tammy's belongings, including a Canon 35mm camera and an unusual Laura's Musical wrist watch with a green umbrella on the face and a green band. And the watch played, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head.
1: That sounds like a really cool watch.
0: I know it, doesn't it? (laughs) But those items were missing and there were nowhere to be found. Okay. so then on September 1st, 1992, at around 10 a.m., a man stopped his truck on the on ramp to I-44 at mile 33 in rural Missouri. Okay. Mm -hmm. so the initial report said that this man stopped to relieve himself on the side of the roadway. A later report had him stopping to cover up some tools he had in the back of his truck.
1: So this is just like witness reports, right? That are saying, hey, we saw this guy. This No, 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 soon. no.
0: This is a man that, that police interviewed. Okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So again, the initial report said that he stopped to relieve himself on the side of the roadway. And another report said that he had stopped to cover up some tools he had in the back of the truck because it had started to rain and he didn't want them to get wet. Okay. So the man claimed that he noticed a smell coming from near where he was parked and could see what he said was clearly a body wrapped in a blanket. Oh, no. So he left the scene and went to the nearest Missouri Highway Patrol station. Both he and the Highway Patrol officer returned to the scene. The officer cut open the blanket, revealing a human leg. Dental records later confirmed the body as that of Tammy, still wearing the same clothes she was last seen in. She had been sexually assaulted, then stabbed in a circle seven times around her heart and once in her right arm.
1: Stabbed in a circle? hmm
0: So duct tape was placed over her mouth to muffle any screams, and it was determined that she was dead up to a week before she was found.
1: Oh. That's so terrible.
0: Lawrence County Sheriff's Department said that Tammy had been killed somewhere else and then dumped there. So Tammy was found wearing a blue T-shirt with the words East Side Eagle Stalker 1989 and the emblem of a white soccer ball. She was also wearing a blue or black cutoff sweatpants decorated with patches. But here's a strange detail, okay? An area on the right leg where it was apparent that a patch had been torn off the garment. Okay. So this missing patch has been identified as a St. Giles soccer club patch. So this patch may have been taken by her killer. And we'll post a picture of like an example of a badge in our website in or Instagram. But they haven't been able to locate this badge
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so odd. I wonder if it was, uh, you know, how some serial killers will take something from, you know. trophies? Yeah, like something that they can remember it by, I guess.
0: Right. And it's odd because all the other stuff that are missing are all kind of odd things, like the camera, the patch, you know. It's just, it's odd. It's so
1: weird. I can only see picture some guy or whoever the murderer was Mm -hmm. storing that somewhere in their basement or, you know what I mean? Right. Ugh, it's creepy.
0: So investigators released a description of the man who was spotted assisting Tammy with her car troubles, and they announced that he wasn't a suspect, but said that he could offer assistance in their investigation. So Tammy's funeral was held on September 8th, and over 50 mourners, some of who didn't even know Tammy, showed up. And following the service, Tammy was buried in West Newtown Memorial Cemetery, south of Pittsburgh, near the Roman Catholic Church where her parents were married, and not far from Pleasant Hill, where she was born. And on her tombstone is a picture of Garfield, which happened to be her favorite cartoon character.
1: So sad. I
0: know. It's it's very sad. So, one suspect came to light in 1992 when... 38 year old James Dante Mackey, a Tampa truck driver, was arrested in Indiana on charges of attempted rape. Hmm. So, James was arrested outside South Lake Mall just off Interstate 65 in the northwestern part of Indiana. So, a woman had told police he had attempted to rape her and she was in a nearby payphone. After his arrest, police found women undergarments and porn in his truck. So despite rumors, investigators found no evidence that linked him to the murder of Tammy. So trucking logs and gas receipts placed him at least 100 miles from where she was murdered. And at one point in the investigation, authority focused on Bruce Mendenhall. And this man was a Southern Illinois trucker who was convicted in 2007 of the murder of 25-year-old Sarah Hubert. While incarcerated, he confessed to murdering six more women. Really? So Yeah. So Bruce primarily targeted young sex workers that he picked up in his truck. Mm -hmm. Now, despite the fact that Tammy wasn't his typical profile type, authorities considered the chance that he killed Tammy.
1: I mean, that's absolutely a possibility, right? He's a truck driver. Mm -hmm. He saw a hopeless woman on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. So given his past that he's potentially killed six women, I mean, yeah, that's a person that may not fit the profile, but it's easy prey for him. You know what I mean? So very much a possibility, even if it's not a part of his MO.
0: Right. And I guess because of the location where Tammy's body was found, it was easy access for truckers to stop by. So there came a point in the investigation where... Any truck driver that, you know, they had arrested automatically became a suspect in Tammy's murder.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, but in this case, they could never tie him to the murder. But in the case of Bruce, they could never tie him to the murder. So another main suspect throughout the years was Lonnie Bierbron a truck driver with a history of violent crimes. So an anonymous tip describes somebody matching his description as the man who was spotted in the vehicle behind Tammy at the side of the road. Interesting. Yes. So in addition to that, Lonnie's wife actually said that Lonnie owned a wrist watch purely similar to Tammy's missing watch.
1: Really? That mm-hmm. very unique watch? that plays Right. Right.
0: So... Tammy's mother, Joanne, and former Illinois State Police Investigator, Marty McCarthy, consider him the most promising lead. But prosecutors resist charging him due to the fact that there wasn't enough evidence to take the case before a grand jury. Yeah. And unfortunately, he passed away in 2002.
1: Oh, so now we're out of luck.
0: Right. So... In 2017, authorities issued a press release in which they asked the public for help in identifying the driver of the vehicle who was spotted seemingly assisting Tammy with her car troubles. Authorities had hoped that by releasing a description of the man and his truck, it could refresh someone's memory. And we're going to go ahead and post um, the description of the truck and of the man, okay, in our website. But. During the press release, authorities declare that the case is still open and they are actively pursuing new investigative strategies that could lead to a crack in the case. And over the years, a total of 12 men have been considered suspect in Tammy's murder and seven have been ruled out. So the latest to come under scrutiny was Clark Perry Baldwin, an Iowa trucker, and he was arrested in May of last year.
1: Wow, just recently.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So after DNA tests tied him to three women whose bodies were dumped in Wyoming and Tennessee in the 90s, but soon after his arrest, investigators ruled him out as a suspect in Tammy's murder. With forensic science constantly advancing, authorities hope that evidence found at the scene, like the blanket and the duct tape, as well as other significant items, could one day reveal the killer's DNA. And a reward up to fifty thousand dollars has been offered for information leading to identification of the individual responsible. And anyone with information about this case should contact the Illinois State Police.
1: It's really horrible. I mean, such a I mean, you'd think, you know, we cut duct tape. You kind of use your mouth. That there right. be some sort of DNA there.
0: That's well. That's what they're hoping for. That now, with you know advances in DNA, that maybe now there could be something. You know, this happened in 1992, and the family still doesn't know who did this to Tammy. And, yeah. you know, like how we've said before, everybody deserves that justice. And unfortunately, I did read in an article that Tammy's father, Hank, had actually passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, So now it's just her mom that is alive, along with her brothers. And she's really the one that's pushing this case and trying to bring more light into her case. You know, it seems like it happened in 1992 and things kind of just stayed quiet and she's really pushing to bring the case back to light, you know, in hopes that maybe somebody somewhere, it might trigger a memory or, you know, something that might help bring this killer to justice.
1: Yeah, you never know. I mean, it was a long time ago, but even what if the person has something in their garage, you know, something that you know, and that there's that patch, that very unique right. patch or that very right. unique wristwatch that, mm-hmm. hey, where did that come from?
0: Right. And You it, know, and it,
1: you never know. Yeah. Rossi never know.
0: It, you you don't never know. And it's that's what I find interesting. So it seems like he took the watch. And then, you know, it seemed like her sweatpants were covered in different patches. Why that one? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like, is there a connection there? Might there be a connection there? I don't know. It's just interesting that, you know, apparently she had these patches, but he took that one. Right. You know, he took the the watch and the camera with him as well. It's just interesting to me that, you know, why that patch?
1: Yeah, uh, who knows? That, the idea of the mind of a killer, why they did what they did and, and holding it potentially as a trophy. You know what I mean? It's right. Just, it's horrible. And the, the saddest part is she was hopeless on the side of the road, maybe even seeking help. And right. you think somebody's coming to help you, and the reality is it was probably... Obviously, a very bad outcome, not what you expected.
0: Right. And I guess that's also what I read in an article that her parents couldn't understand. You know, this was back in 1992, which, you know, cell phones were a thing, but it wasn't as common as it is now. Right. But I did read an article that her mom said, you know, she could have easily gone to a payphone. Yeah. You know, but, you know, maybe... It happened so sudden you know maybe the car broke down and that's when she got taken who knows you know these are all obviously you know my theories as to why I don't know but it's a very interesting case and I actually did read that people investigates is actually going to cover her story which is good because like I said we just want to help bring, shed some light. We just want to help shed some light into this case because it seems like maybe not enough coverage has been going on with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, definitely people investigate with them airing an episode on her. Hopefully we'll help.
1: Yeah, bring more coverage, more, and more awareness, um, more awareness to people. Maybe somebody knows.
0: Right. If you want to look at pictures and want more information on the cases we cover, you can head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Podcast True Crime Weekly. And please don't forget to support the show by going to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show. And I would truly love it and appreciate it if you would leave a five star review and subscribe onto Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. The only way that people find out about us is through subscribers and reviews. Thanks for listening.